two Shilas, and you'll tell me which one you want to talk about first. I think we'll get to both of them. Um, one of them was a Rebbe in a yeshiva high school told me that the following Maishashaya happened last week. He was in yeshiva, one of his Talmidim who has a rebellious streak, I guess you can call it, came over to him and said, um, hey Rebbe, guess what? I went to church last Sunday. And he said, what? <laughs> he said, I went to church last Sunday. It was Easter and I went for Easter services. So, uh, you know, even as a Rebbe who normally deals with a lot of rebellious kids in the Yeshiva High School, this was pretty jarring. This is like a line that is normally not crossed. And, um, no pun intended. And, <laughs> and uh, thanks. And, and uh, he, he, he didn't know, he, he was like stunned, and he you know, started putting on his Kirov hat and you know, talking to the kid. And what became clear through the conversation was that when the boy was 11 years old, he discovered that he was adopted. His parents told him that he was adopted. He was born, clearly it seems, to non-Jewish parents. And he was uh, put through a gerus as a, as a very young child, a gerkatan. And the boy was saying, you know, he, it's come to his attention recently that he has veto power and that he has the ability to say no thanks. And, uh, and so the boy said, no one, no one asked me at my bar mitzvah. No one asked me at my bar mitzvah whether I, I'm in or out. So uh, I'm out. Or at least I'm considering being out and I'm exploring different things. And I, he went to a mosque the other week and he, went to, he wants to see what's out there. And, uh, you know, the, um, so the Rebbe wasn't sure how to respond. Should he encourage him to stay? Is it, uh, is, 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 why should you encourage him to stay? Is, it, is there a presumed um, lack of macha'ah by the fact that he stayed this long, even though he never had an opportunity to be to, to be able to, to say anything? Um, plus, he has siblings, all of whom are adopted, and uh, he, has, he has from siblings, he has one, uh, one married sibling who has children who's, who's adopted, who presumably also was never given the option. So what do we say about that? Does the Rebbe have a responsibility to make sure to track down the siblings and let them know that they have the option also? Or do you just like, leave it be? Oh, Mechaz yeah. has on this? Yeah, Which yeah. chilek? Not, it's not asking a question. It's not in this shuvah. It's, it's in a journal. Oh, really? So we'll be in Chel Gimel when it comes out. I guess, yeah. So, uh, very interesting. Okay, I'd like to see that shuvah if you... Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, So I found a couple of shuvahs on the topic, but I didn't see that Rav Asher talks about this. I spoke to Rav Shechter about it. I didn't see that, that, that Rav Asher talks about this. Um, so that's Shaila number one. Shaila number two was, I got an email from a Rebbe in a yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. And a lot of times, the Rebbe and Yeshivas in Israel are the ones who, who are getting the Shailas from guys as they're adjusting to college life. Because that's who they're still close with. They don't yet have a kasha with whoever the Rebbe are in college. So they're uh, very often sending their Shailas back to Eretz Yisrael. It's a little funny. When they're in Eretz Yisrael, they're emailing me their Shailas because that's the high school Rebbe. When they're, in, uh, when, when they're, when they're back in, uh, in, in, in America, so they're emailing back to Israel. Um, but in this, in this situation, the, the boy was, is in a secular university. He is not in, uh, in uh, YU or Landers or anything like that, or any other, you know, Shayashiv, whatever. He's in a secular university on a secular college campus. And um, he, he, he wanted to know, so the Rebbe writes, a student in university asked me the following question. 
my class is taking a class trip to a palm reader. I, I don't know what class takes it. What, what class is it? Anthropology? Yeah. Really? Psychology class? Will be reading palms? It's a fun trip, yeah. But okay. Um, if one does not believe in... It doesn't say. I don't know. I got this you know, from the Rebbe of the boy, not from... There's a boy that was a Rebbe in our year that had a similar shadow. Oh, really? Yeah. May? May, yeah. Oh, I'll ask him. Not, not, not like from other, like, dancing... Oh, yeah, yeah. He's had a lot of shadows, yeah. Um, if, 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 if... It's a problem. If you're a Ben Torah... No, if you're a Ben Torah on the secular college campus, there are a lot of shadows. If you're not a Ben Torah, there are no shadows. <laughs> you know, everything's fine, but... <laughs> what? I'm saying on a secular college campus. I don't think Landers is a secular college campus. Um, if if uh, if one does not believe that any in any of this stuff in palm reading or, or the like, is there a problem of, of going on the class trip? Is it Kishov, Marasayan, anything else? Machzike Overeavera, perhaps, and and just like letting them read your palm and you know let them let them see what it is. So that was his uh, his question. The Rebbe says. If you have material in this halacha maisa, I'm interested. It's not exactly something I've given much thought to. Okay, so those are our two questions. We have the uh, the gerus gerkatim question and the palm reading question. We'll probably get to both. But which one do you want to do first? Yeah. First one gerkatim. So you're learning suvis. Ah, so I remember when I was in Karen Biavna, the Peshachta came to visit. The first time he came to visit, he uh, he walked into the base marriage. I remember him coming over to Rav Silver and saying. Uh, what Masechta are you learning? He said, Ksuvis. And he said, where are you holding? Dafir Aleph. He said, okay, thank you. And then they called him up to give a shear, and he gave a whole shear Gerkatan for the next hour. Just like that. <laughs> Do you remember this? It was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it was like... And, and he said in that one hour, you know, what we had learned in Silver Shear, I guess, for the last week and a half or so. And um, I remember a friend of mine who, who actually lives in London, I just stayed at his house, um, Sam Vecht, as I told you. So, uh, so he said. He said at the time, he said, uh, "It's amazing how much more you can get done when you don't have to say." Rav Shachter said every three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you can just say all the time. So anyway, the uh, so he said he said a share on, on this sugya. So sugya is always a little uh, close to my heart, but uh, just on, on a very very basic level, as, as you well know, I don't have to go through the whole sugi with you. But the Gemara Ksuba Stafidal tells us when you're Megayer or Katan, you can be Matvil Himal Das Bezdin, you bring him to the Mikvah Das Bezdin. So the Gemara says, What's the Chiddush? Of course, you can be Matvil Himal Das Bezdin, but what, the Chiddush is that it's a Zachus and Zachal Adam Shalbafanov. We already know Zachal Adam Shalbafanov. You're allowed to do good things for a person. The Gemara says, No, no, you might have thought it's not a Zachus. That the Evid would prefer a life of Hefkeros where he gets to do whatever he wants and what kind of zuchus for him to, to, to have all these restrictions. You know, there are different ways to look at mitzvos. Those of us who are trained properly know that Ratzak Kodesh Baruch Hu Lezakos Es Yisrael Lefich HaChir B'Lam Torah Mitzvos that Hashem is giving us 613 opportunities to come close to Him and to live more meaningful lives. But others view uh, view, view mitzvos and, uh, and, and averos, mitzvos as chores and averos as things that you have to try to figure out how to work around. You know, they're not as uh, great tzuchos. So the Eved doesn't know any better. It's Bevkeir Nichalei. So the Kaimland Eved Vada Bevkeir Nichalei. So Kamash Mulan, the Chiddush is, 
Not that it's not true, never is but that's only because he was already Tom Tam Chet. That's only because he's already he's already experienced that lifestyle. So to make a change in his lifestyle after he's already gotten that, when he's Tom Tam Sura, that's not a zuchus. But a katan, it's a zuchus ulo, because he'll be molded in whatever direction you mold him in. He doesn't doesn't know any difference. So Ultimately, leading him down a path where he's going to have a path of Torah mitzvahs is obviously going to be a more meaningful, fulfilling, and, and, and enriched life. So that's certainly something that's going to be a great tzuchus, going to be for a greater lead to greater closeness with the Rebbeinu Shalom, which ultimately is going to make him happier. What makes a person unhappy is when they feel like they're giving something up. But if he has nothing to, to give up, so then uh, it's a psychological phenomenon that if a person had something, once he has something, giving it up is very, very hard. But if he never had it and he didn't know any better, it's like people 200 years ago, people, let's forget about 200 years ago, people uh, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, were, didn't, didn't feel deprived because they didn't have an iPad. They didn't feel at all deprived. And now, uh, you know, if a fifth grader doesn't have an iPad, he's deprived. It's the worst thing in my life. It's terrible. I'm going to die. It's going to be awful. You know, it's like it's, it's the, the worst thing ever. Why? Because it, the, they didn't have it. So if you didn't have it, you don't, you don't feel like you're missing anything. So that's the Yisodah to Zuchus for the Katan. So Amr, Rav Yosef, yeah, yeah, we're going to make him a ger when he's a Katan. When he gets older, he could make him a Chah. So Gemara says, oh, really? What about, if that's true, you're still going to give them a ksuba of masayim, but if you hold it when they're higdilu, when they grow up, they have the ability to make a macha, what are you paying them ksuba money for? They're going to, you can give her money just so that she can go off as a goya and do whatever she wants with the money? Yeah, you give it to her when she gets older. She's going to say, I'm not interested, she'll walk away. No, no. Ooh, very key line. Since she's without a macha, then you can't decide later on. You know, sometimes a bar mitzvah boy, he's all into it, he's all excited about his bar mitzvah. He doesn't really have a very strong Yetzir Hara for, uh, for all sorts of other things yet. And then at the age of 16, you know, 15, he hits a certain rebellious streak, and he's like, you know what? I changed my mind. I'm not interested anymore. No. You had that one moment where you were given the option, and you chose to stay. Now he's a Yehudi Lechaldover. He's absolutely a Jew. He cannot be, cannot, cannot be moch anymore. So where does that leave us in our case? Now, our case is a little bit different, because our case, he wasn't told that he's a Chalun so do we accept it? And, and the story of this boy, the way I understand it, I don't know who the boy is. I'm just, it was just described to me by his Rebbe, is that he was, you know, a regular, a, a, a regular modern Orthodox religious kid. Um, you know, at, at the age of 13, he was uh, somewhat rebellious. He was, he was never like a superstar, you know, but he was uh, somewhat rebellious. But he was, you know, Shomer Shabbos at the age of 13. And then at some later point, it got worse and worse and worse, and he's extraordinarily uh, rebellious. He's a completely, um, I, don't, I don't even call it rebellious, he's, he's completely not religious, not Shomer Shabbos. His uh, father already stopped being Shomer Shabbos. The family is very shvach in terms of uh, the, 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 the structure of the family. Um, he's, uh, he, he's homosexual. He's got, you know, he's got all sorts of, uh, his chances as a Jew are not exactly... Um, very, very strong. So, do we say, well, wait a second, but for two years, let's say, after his bar mitzvah, he's still Shomer Shabbos, he's still, uh, he's still, he's still identified himself 
as a religious Jew. So Mela, he's a Jew, and you can't change your mind later on. Shalachas, he had a moment where he decided to, or do you say, no, that's not a decision. A decision is when you know that you have a choice. But just to, to, to be, to, for the choice to be made for you, that's not a decision. So intuitively, I would have said that he gets to make a choice right now because he didn't, he was never given a choice. Yeah? But I mean, it's a question how you define shalachas. How much, how much time is that? I mean, oh, okay. No, well, not necessarily, because I don't think anyone's going to say it's more than years. Uh, Usually you'd say, I think the right. post can say, Roshach said that the assumption is give him a few weeks to make a decision, let him think about it. It doesn't have to be mamish, you know. He's in high school now, so I'm saying he's way past Yeah, he's had years already. So, but but years where he never had a choice. Where he never had a choice. you found out that you had a choice. Ah, so probably it's Shachas when he found out, but even that it's Shachas would mean a few weeks. It doesn't mean that he has to like, okay, right on the spot, you know, buzz in, and then you have to you have to have an answer. It only applies when you actually know you have the choice, but until you know you have the choice. Oh, good. So that's what I would have said. If he didn't even know he had a choice, so when he has the choice, that's when it starts. And in fact, uh, there's an interesting chuvah. Moshe talks about adopted kids in or Chaim Chelgalus and Kuf Samachalif. Very fascinating chuvah. Moshe goes through. What should be done? What the procedure should be done should be when one adopts a little baby? And he says, you know, you do a mila. He recommends do not be kore shame at the bris because you cannot yet do a tevila on a little infant. Like it's very dangerous to do a tevila on a little infant. So, he, so he's, the the gerus is not complete yet. So you can't be kore shemo be Yisrael. You can't say that because he's not be Yisrael yet. So don't give him a name yet. Ramosha says when he's a couple of years old years old, you uh, give him a tevila, and then you can give him a name. So he should be the shita lanodilami, or whatever, until, until he's uh, two years old. He should be plony almoni. He should be known as, uh, as yeah, right, someone told me that they know a family, one of my, my 11th graders told me he knows a family where there were twins, one of them is named Yaakov, and they didn't want to name the other one Asav, so they named him like not Yaakov or something. I don't know what it was. It was like, <laughs> or it was like twin or something like. <laughs> Most people like to give their children a name. That you should actually have a name. Two years, let them be without a name. Ramesh says when you do the tefillah, make sure there are no chatzitzas, there's nothing like that, and do a proper tefillah, and then give them a name. Later he says, If it's going to be embarrassing that he's going to be in, uh, in preschool, and they can go around the room, what's your name, David, and Yaakov, and Shmuel, and what's your name, I don't have a name yet. So that's, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be embarrassing, it's embarrassing for the family, when they're filling out all the forms, you know, his birth certificate, and whatever, they'll make like a symbol or something, like uh, the artist formerly known as whatever, so you don't you don't want uh, you don't want that. So then he says you can you can be kore shem gam tekev achramila even right after the mila aval tov ludalik tevas liyisrael but leave out the word liyisrael be kore shemo go straight into the name alorim kayem asayel be kore shemo ploni ben ploni v'zeh katan gadol yev yachmas l'tvila l'kedushas yisrael ule tar luchobel meisim tov you add in a few a uh, few words to the nusach. And he says, and then when he's a little bit older, then uh, then then you'll bring him to the tevila, fine, and that will be the ultimate the ultimate gerus. But Ramesha says in that uh, in that tshuva that um, part of the process should be that okay, he gave him the tevila, he's been brought up as a Jew. You're 
you need to let him know before his bar mitzvah that he was not born a Jew and that you had converted him. Now why do you need to let him know? Because you need to give him the opportunity for the macha. You need to give him the opportunity to say that I'm not interested. Why? Because if you don't give him that opportunity, you have to be concerned that when he's 20, he's going to find out, and that's when he's going to make the macha. And he's going to say, I'm not interested. And what's going to be if he says that when he's 20? The whole gerus is going to be bottled. He's not a Jew. He never was. And therefore, if you never tell him, how could you let a kid get married if you never told him? Because what's going to, how can you let him get married? You're going to, you're going to get, let a Jewish girl marry him five years into the marriage. He may decide, he may find out and decide, I'm not interested. And then Nebuch on that girl that married this guy who's now not a Jew. So you can't do that. So he says, that's why you have to let him know. You have to let him know. Now, this is a little bit different. Ramesh is saying, it, it, it's, I, he's observing the mitzvahs the whole time, all those years. That, that's not called that he was Makabel because he didn't have the opportunity to reject it. Now, Ramesh is a little bit different, because Ramesh was talking about where he didn't even know that he was adopted. He didn't even know that he was that, that, that he was uh, Ger. In our case, the guy knew he was Ger, he just didn't know that he had the option. But I don't know if that difference makes a difference. Meaning, I don't, I don't know if that distinction, I think it's a distinction without a difference. Meaning, if Ramesh seems to be understanding, is that if he didn't have the opportunity to say no, then he gets to say no whenever he first learns about it. And that could be at the age of 20, which means, think about the older sibling of this guy, who's married, and to a from person and has children, so th- that should have never happened. If she was never given the opportunity, according to Ramesha, that should have never happened. Now, now can we fix it? You could argue, better leave it alone, because right now she's a Jew. And the the way is status quo. They're a Jew. See, normally, in order to be to be to be Megayer, you need milah tefillah and kabbalas mitzvos. So for a ger katan, there is no kabbalas mitzvahs. There's mila tefillah, it's al das beizdin. So the beizdin is like makabal mitzvahs for you, so to speak. Higdili cholimchos is not a replacement for kabbalas mitzvahs. Meaning, it's not that 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 uh, by not being mocha, I'm being makabal mitzvahs. It's also Sanhedrin. Meaning the the gerus is there already anyway. What? Tosafot says that what is a kabbalah when you don't do a mocha. Lack of a macha is a kabbalah in the sense that there, or it's it's if if macha hasn't been made, the gerus is complete. It's not that there hasn't been a kabbalah until the macha has been turned down. You know what I'm saying? Meaning, if if it's if the person has not has not said I reject, they are a full fledged Jew. I'm saying you cannot say. Well, if they didn't learn that they're allowed to reject, then they have not yet been makabal and therefore they're a god. No, if they didn't yet learn no, that they're saying, allowed to reject... Maybe in this case, that in this case that we were saying, that the fact that he never did a macha was his kabbalah. Well, he never had an opportunity. He never had an opportunity. So, yeah? Wait, he knew that he was a ger at the age of 11. But he didn't know that that, that comes with an option. Yeah, no one ever told him that that comes with an option. 
So that's what Ramesha seems to assume. Ramesha says, and obviously the same is true with a girl. With a girl, before she turns twelve, tell her she's a bas nachris, and uh, give her that opportunity. Yeah. Just this random question: curious, Why does it have to be before her bar bar dismissal? Why can't it be before they get married? Um, because strictly speaking, and if you want them to stay, much better chance with a kid who's still dependent on their parents and still you know, feels connected to the family before they've had too much time to. Also, that's for some Yeah, yeah. So you want to get it, you want to get it wrapped up as early as possible, right? Get the decision made as early as possible. Now, interestingly, so I thought this was David Pashut. To be sure, I asked Rav Shachter. I got it. I had an opportunity to talk to him. Uh, this past Mitzvah Shabbos for a while, and I, I asked him uh, uh, what, what he thought about this case as a double pashut that the kid can make a decision now. He has the right to make a decision. It doesn't have to be a minute. Give him a few weeks to figure it out. I said, should the Rebbe be encouraging the boy to make the decision to stay in Yiddishkeit? I didn't even tell him the piece that he's homosexual or whatever. Should he, should, he said, no, why would you encourage him to stay in, stay in Yiddishkeit? The guy, he's not a religious kid. Now, obviously, it's a little complicated because the parents are going to be very disappointed, obviously. They raise this child, and they, or at least the mother, who's still, uh, still orthodox, is going to be very disappointed. Raise this child as a Jew, and that now he's going to decide not to be siblings. You know, it's going to be a disappointing we thing. We also don't recruit Garen. But we don't recruit Gavim, exactly. Now, the, so who argues, or, or, or is there any room to argue? So I found a tshuva from Rav Sternbach in Tshuva Svanagos Chelik Dalid, Simon Reish Lamed Aleph. Rav Sternbach says, as a matter of policy, he says, B'yelad mu'umas lo tsarich levalbelo ulahodiyo sheyachalimchos v'liyazkai. As a matter of policy, don't tell him that he has veto power. What this kid now knows, but I'm saying, well, well, okay, we'll get to we'll get to what. So says Shmuel, and some of the things he says here is amazing. He says because it's an Anan Sahadi, it's an Anan Sahadi that of course he would want to stay. You don't have to give him the option to stay because you know he wants to stay. What 13 year old is going to look at his Jewish parents and his Jewish siblings and you know his yeshiva education and all of his friends and his whole community and say, I don't care, I'm on my own now. Of course he's going to stay. So since it's an Anan Sahadi that at the age of 13 is going to stay, that's Ki'ilu. He decided to stay, so he lose, He doesn't have the ability. When he finds out at 17 that he, that, he has an, that he has an option, he no longer has the option. That he, really? That he has... No, no, no. He, he, um, he said that that's how he understood the Sigur. That what? That if someone didn't know, it was a gear, and he didn't know at the time, and he only found out like later when he was 16, that don't, don't tell him, because he, he's been a Jew this whole time, he wants to be a Jew. Good. Now what if he finds out? Like this guy? Huh. So would you, would you say, to the extent that he's saying, would you say that, well, he already accepted it by the fact that, uh, that it's an Anansadi. Anansadi means that that was a Kabbalah. That was Ki'ilu, he was already Makabal. I, Chazal say, you know, you're supposed to let him know. He says, that's talking about where he's Megayer together with his family, where they're not going to throw him out on the street. With the, the, together with the family, right. right. Whether the Das Basin or the Das of the parents, uh, very good, very good. Very strange, right? Then he says, 
Um, if Lanias Daiti, Im Mazbrilahem, La Achashik Dilush, Shame Achshavim Chayavan Bemitzvos, Im Scharva Unshim. If when he's 13 years old, explain to him, now you're Chayav Mitzvos, now you have Scharan Unshim, like you would do with any Bar Mitzvah boy. You know, and you sit him down and say, you know, now it counts, now it matters. And he accepted that and he and he uh, observed mitzvos like a Jew, that's enough. You told him what it's like about mitzvos and about how he has responsibility, that's enough. Why is that enough? He didn't know that no is a possibility. He didn't know that he could say, oh, interesting, no thanks. He had no idea. Someone said, that's enough. And then he writes, aval, bigros, maisha, but Moshe disagrees. And then he says, but you know what? Anyway, you could do a balkarcho. This is like, and this you see in a few posts like this. He says, you could do a balkarcho. How could you do a balkarcho? He has to, has to have the, the ability to say what he wants. He says, because how does adoption work? How do you get a baby? You file, you want to adopt a child. They, I assume, check you out, make sure that you're not an axe murderer or something. And then what? You pay adoption fees, Right? And the parents who are giving them up probably get some sort of compensation or something, but you pay adoption fees. The government, someone gets something. You're paying something to somebody. And you're getting a baby for it. He says, that doesn't strike me as uh, Stamagerus. You're buying a non-Jew. That's Nevit Knani. Nevit Knani, Megayar Belkarch. What? Then you have to make him a free slave, right? Oh, then she be in Easter. The old man Tavodi, you should never be allowed to free him. That's a kasha. Should never be allowed to free him. They do recommend this when it comes to. Um, I think Ramosha has a crazy chuva like this when it comes to a mamzer who wants to have children. So how's the mamzer going to have children that aren't going to be mamzerim? So uh, yeah, to, to find someone who's studying to be a giyores, but instead of her being a giyores. Try to uh, encourage her that hey, you're not going to be a giyores. You'll just I'll buy you as a shivka kananis, and you know that will just be the. Uh, just other, there were other good Americans that said the same thing. Also. Yeah, yeah, that that I think I've seen around. That I've seen. Because you're not allowed to marry a Jew. You're a Jew. Okay, but your mom's already, so you're already... No, but the guy... He's a religious guy. His parents are, uh, you know, didn't do mitzvah smites and told him to make him a mom. Oh, okay, but th- that's what he's doing essentially in a halachic limit way. He's taking a shivka kananis, and then he's. What? Right, right. But they they they. They went to third world. They went to. Th- they are to, They go to third world countries and do. Oh really? Yeah, 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 yeah. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. Uh, I don't even know that that was actually done. Yeah. But okay. 100%. So, <laughs> so you learn new things every day. Um. Then he says, but wait a second, who gets to sell the child as an Evid Kanan? The father should be the one that sells the child, but that never happens with the adoption. Who's the one that's giving up the child for adoption? They don't even know who the father is half the time. It's the mother, but the mother doesn't right. So Shumbach says, the mother has the right when you don't know who the father is. So, so then the mother has the right to sell the child. Okay, very big chiddush. Then he goes on to say, I know of a story. Biyelad, Mechutzov, whatever... This kid knew as a child that he was a ger, and he knew that he would have the ability to say no. 
and he told his friends before his bar mitzvah, Ani im ol Torah mitzvos. I have no interest in this. Avlani muchan l'shmor hakol kedasu kedin calls manshani eitzalamant, but I. I'm willing to play along so long as I'm with my adoptive parents and I need them to support me. Once I'm 18, I'm on my own. I have the right to vote or whatever. In Israel, the right to drink or whatever. So then I'll be, uh, I'll be on my own. I'm good. Right? So that, that's what he told his friends. He never told his parents. Good. The parents never spoke to him about this. And he's learning in yeshiva now. And, you know, he's straightened out. Is that called a machab? He's an emtah at that point. He said right by his bar mitzvah. When he said it, though, he wasn't 13. Oh, okay. When he said he wasn't 13. At the age of 16, in, in between, at the age of 16, he uh, thought it through again. Possibly, he says. He now tells us. He's a ben Torah now, and he wants to stay. Does he need a gave us? Does he need a gear of the chumra? When did his doubts come? When he was under 13? So, the, the story was, V'omer l'chaveirov l'fnei ha-bar mitzvah, says here. And v'nestapkur abani yeshiva m'kilu das hazeh sheinu rotsa liyos yudhi liyolam el zman nechshav macha'ah. The fact that he says, I want to keep mitzvahs till I'm 18, is that called macha'ah? Because there's no Torah mitzvahs l'zman, it's forever. One second. He just thought that by the age of 18, lo yirtze. But the truth is, once he got used to it, he was happy with it and he wants to be mamshich. So, apparently, like right after his bar mitzvah, he was still thinking that this was the plan. But it took time and over time he... Uh, you know, but he never told anyone after his bar mitzvah. So he writes that uh, that he thinks that that that's not it's not considered macha, and that it's a adrabi. He was makabel all these years. He's makabel. Good. Then he says, but my advice, Rosh Hashanah says, if you ask me, this is all chalos agerus or it's chal not. But he says, etzem adaver lahalim ayel chuma umatz who neged hanhagas torseinu akadosha. To not tell the kid that he's adopted is against Hanhagas Torah Kedusha. He says all sorts of halachas that you need to know when you're adopted. There could be all sorts of shaylas uh, that come up. Okay, so there are posts that discuss. You know, a child is never going to have a hug in his entire life from his mother. That's going to be very, very difficult. So there are posts that are make on this kind of thing. Right, that that's not called derechiba. That's derech nurturing, which is maybe different. We had a child before. Yeah, that's right. Right, good. But but in terms of marriage, who he's going to marry? Isri kuhuna. So he says you don't have to worry that he's he's going to go crazy when he finds out that he's adopted. I think they recommend what the psychologists recommend is let him know when he's old enough to understand what adopted means, but young enough to not realize how big a deal it is. So that you know, it's not going to shake up his life, and then as he grows up and he gets mature, he'll he'll, he'll gain slowly a deeper understanding of what exactly that is, and a more mature understanding. But it's like it's just something that he knows that he's always lived with, and if it's something that he's always lived with, it's something you know he can he can sort of grow into that. But Rav thinks you should not tell him that he has a choice. So um, anyway, it seems Rav Moshe holds you must tell him that he has a choice. 
Shechter said, certainly if he didn't know that he has a choice, now he actually does have a choice. Rabbi Shai Shechter told me that uh, we were talking on Moshe Shabbos of Shechter, when I mentioned the Shaila, he said that when he was in Neri Yisrael for high school, it's a pretty religious school, there was a, there was a boy in the school who was, who, who, who was the, uh, he's the one that turned on the stoves in the kitchen for the Gaish cooks, right? That was his job, the Bishalakum guy. And in, uh, 11th, in 10th grade, he found out that he was adopted and that he wasn't born Jewish. And he secretly told, you know, between himself and his mother, he told his mother, I'm out, I'm not interested. She said, yeah, but you're in a good school, stay till you get a diploma. So he stayed and continued to turn on the fire every day, learned in the base medrash. By senior year, he already told everyone. So he, uh, Shai said that he, he drove to to yeshiva on Yom Kippur of senior year a guy driving on Yom Kippur he drove to yeshiva so, so what do you say to that oh yeah you know Rav says oh that's so nice he wanted to daven with the yeshiva don't you find that a little strange he said no based feeling he lechala amin let a guy wants to come daven and he felt like Yom Kippur he wants to daven come on he drove a car into the yeshiva campus on Yom Kippur but so what was the din? What was the, the din of all those? All, that all the food. Right? It's too late now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the din. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> the question is about capturing the pots. Okay. So. Wow. All right. Um, I guess we didn't leave much time for the palm reading. Oh, I told the Shabbi that I told him what Shabbos said. I don't think it's wise to encourage the kid to, stay, especially considering everything we know about him. Broken home, parents are divorced, father's not, not religious, kid is gay, the, you know, and, and, and living that lifestyle already. Um, like, there's, there's so much, there's so much that, like, is working against him. That, you know, he has no interest in, in observing Judaism. He's already going to church and mosques. And, like, why would you want to encourage someone like this to, you know, there, there's a discussion, Ramesha and others have machlokas, big machlokas aposkim by Gerkatan. Do we say that it's zuchusulo even if you're uh, being megayer him into a non-religious family? Do we consider that that's a zuchus for him to be a Jew? So Moshe l'shitaso, it's nish shvert zayniyid. It's always gishmat to be a Jew, and you never know. Maybe you'll become you'll be megayer him later or whatever. So it's always a zuchus, always a zuchus. Many other posts will say, "What are you talking about? It's a zuchus if 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 he's going to be shomatora mitzvos." But it's not a zuchus. He's not going to be shomatora mitzvos. He's going to be. He's going to be violating every Avera under the sun. So Rabbi says, no, no, whatever Avera he does, he's not going to know any better. So the honest uh, Rahman Patra, and uh, whatever misses he does, he'll get credit as a Mitzvah Biosa. But uh, that's why Gerkata, the Rabbi talks about, but over here, I mean, the kid knows and he was raised this way. And it, you don't want him to be, I don't think we want him to be a Jew. But it's complicated because you can't advise him not to be a Jew without speaking to his parents. Meaning you, you, you work for a school, the parents sent him to the school, the parents raised him their whole life. You have to, there has to be some partnership with the parents. So the parents should have to, you know, speak to their community rabbi or wherever the mother speaks to the, and, 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 and work it out and to figure out. You know, a lot of the reason that they make the assumption that a kid would not want to walk out is that he, he, he doesn't want to, uh, that, I mean, Shemuk's whole Anan Sahadi is, why would he walk out? This is his only means of support. No Jewish parent is going to keep a non-Jewish kid around for all of his teenage years and continue to support him. Oh yeah? Well, what if it's illegal to not support him? Of course they're going to support him. You live in America, you adopted your kid, you can't just abandon him. So he's me, guy, they'll have to support him as a guy. 
So I don't know if you have that Anan Sahadi. Shlomar is working logically that a Jewish parent is going to, of course they're, gonna, they're not going to continue to support him if he's, you know, spits in their face by saying, I'm going against everything you ever taught me. But if legally they can't, they have no, their hands are tied. So I don't know that it's such a clear and then Saadi. I'm not certain about that. So, <laughs> right. so I said, you know, in this case, I thought you have to talk to the parents, obviously, but I don't think it's a wise thing to try to convince this kid to be a Jew. Where, um, the Gemara doesn't say the parent has a decision in his, like, once he already made the I mean, why would, I mean, yes. He didn't. He's thinking about it. But he has no plans of being from. He's thinking about whether he wants to be a Jew. But he has no plans of being from. So that's, you know, Roshef Tzori says, Kabbalah's mitzvahs, should I say it? I shouldn't say that. Let's say he takes like the most modern of the modern Orthodox schools, and he says, Kabbalah's mitzvahs is that level or higher. It doesn't have to be that he never speaks Lashon Hara, and that he does, you know, in, in some of these very, uh, very ultra-modern places, they, they, there are a lot of halachas that are sort of negotiable. Um, but if that's the standard of the community, then, then that's Kabbalah's mitzvahs. Up to the center, because what? Who's Makabal every mitzvah to, and that, that's really going to say that they're never going to speak Lashon Hara, they're never going to say a nasty word to someone else, someone else to Varim, they're never going to. What? All right, so, so someone is Megayer, let's say, into uh, you know the the KJ community. So as long as they live by the KJ standards, of, yeah, let's, yeah, we're being recorded. So. Okay, right? as long as they live by certain basic standards of the community, whatever the community's standards are, it's an Orthodox community. So that's Kabbalah's mitzvahs. Um, yeah. Going back to his point, this guy, he said, wasn't planning on being religious at all. Right. So would that make him then, would that be a machala? Meaning, even though he's not denying the Jewish part. That's very interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right, I guess we didn't have time for the palm reading, Shaila. I didn't see an Israel going to the palm reading. I don't think it's Kukasakim's, I don't think it's based in Avadazara, meaning there are Rishonim that talk about palm reading. We just don't do it anymore because it's ridiculous that, that to assume that people nowadays have the ability to do this. The Rambam doesn't buy it to begin with, obviously, but the Ramban does buy it. The Ramban thinks it's a Chachma. The tour by Abdullah, Nilch's Abdullah, says there's a minute to look. You know, by the fingernails, he says, and some have a minute to look at the lines in the palm because there's you could see things about your future or whatever, like with the with the palm. So the, the Zohar says explicitly, and Moshe Rabbeinu had to choose the Zikadim for the uh, for the Sanhedrin. And how is he going to choose? The Zohar says that he was planning on choosing by reading their palms. Um, so th- th- there there are significant Jewish sources about it. It's just silly to believe that you know. Would you consider like Kishuf? I don't think you would consider a kishu. The, the issue would be los sonenu. Is it that, that you're dorish hasidos? So, yeah. So, but this has some whatever. Okay, I don't know. But I didn't think it was uh, necessarily usher to go. But uh, as long as you don't believe in it, you shouldn't believe in this. Uh, you know. They're not Jewish. They wouldn't be Jewish, yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's what uh, Ramesha was worried about. That's what he was worried about. All right. Have a wonderful.